to the Service Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Carissa, and with us today is our guest, Michael Pison. Michael is the Field Development Manager at the Testing Group and a key contributor to the SP Academy. Thank you for joining us today, Michael. Hi, Carissa. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure. I've heard so much about your podcast, and I am very excited to be on with you today. That's great. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm really looking forward to learning more about your career path and your passion for the trades and, and what drives you overall. So I think today is going to kind of be somewhat of a journey through your career and how you came to be a manager, mentor, educator. Uh, so I'd like to start from the very beginning, if that's okay, and just ask you how you got into the HVAC trade. Well, um, I uh, started going to college uh, out of high school, had a uh, ride, full ride for cross country. I was pretty good at running, um, ended up at East Stroudsburg University, uh, met my wife there, decided that we were going to start our life. I left college and uh, to start our lives, I got a job, just got a job at a at a college locally so I could continue my education. Uh, it was a maintenance job and I didn't know what I was in for. Uh, I, I got into this job and I got to work with the electricians helping them troubleshoot electrical problems in all their 200 year old buildings and replacing breakers and outlets and thousands and thousands and thousands of ballasts in the library and and uh, throughout their buildings. Um, I got to work with the plumbers on all the neat things the the plumbing systems they have at the school there i got to work in the kitchens with their grease traps and and the dorms with kids flushing cell phones and all sorts of other electronics and wonderful things that aren't supposed to be mixed with plumbing um i got to work uh they built a building there i got to help i got to help build uh with the hvac people on the electricians and got to get some certifications through them uh got my Hilti certification and uh uh a Ramset certification and that was uh that was really exciting for me. Um I got to work with the HVAC guys and that was where everything turned. So I they had they had entire building systems. So they had one giant return for all of their labs that took in the fresh air from outside, filtered it and then delivered it to the to the uh to the labs upstairs. This room was probably 20 feet high. 30 by 30 and uh, the entire walls were all grills and covered with filter material. And I went in there and the guy was like, we're going to change the filters today. I was like, okay. I'm like, how are we going to do this? He's like, it's amazing. Just watch this and rolls up the first filter off. He's got a little crank and he rolls up the first filter off the, off the screen and takes a new box of roll filter and pulls it out. And he's like, here you go. Just throw it up. I'm like, what do you mean? Just throw it up. He's like, just, just like a pe like toilet paper. Just like if you're toilet papering someone's house, just throw it up in the air, and put it to the bottom of the screen and throw it up in the air. And through through the through the uh, the velocity of the of the wind coming through the the screen, it sucked the filter right to the right to the screen all the way to the top. He's like, that was good. And that's when I knew I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is this is really cool. Um, I ended up uh, from there. I ended up moving to their feeder school, Moravian Academy. I wanted to continue HVAC. They had an HVAC position open and um, they paid a little bit more as well. So that was that was a big driver. First kid or a young family in our house and and uh, can't be making can't be making less than less than nine dollars an hour doing doing that kind of work. So went to uh, Moravian Academy and that was that was a great transition they paid for the rest of my education um i well i paid for it and they paid for uh portions of it um and it was it was great uh, i paid for all of my i at that time i also took uh electrical classes because electricity and hvac go side and side and and i wanted to have both of those skills under my belt I, I worked for them for a bunch of years. I uh, finished out my education, and if you, I learned that if you do good maintenance, things don't break. You get bored. You ha end up having to do other things like lining fields, lining soccer fields, and and driving around and making deliveries and repairing things. And that's okay. But I wanted to be an HVAC technician, so I eventually went from there to uh, one of my professors. Uh, one of my professor's companies. Um, and that was a great transition. I, it was my first, my first real HVAC job. 
and I really, uh, really took to it very well. Uh, learned a ton. They put me in a lot of construction uh, situations. I was also able to get into the electrical field with them. Did a lot of electrical construction and really got to experience a ton of different commercial and industrial conditions. It was really, really a great experience. I learned a lot about chillers and boilers and oil pump systems and and high pressure high pressure vapor ignition boilers and and I got to work on things that uh, I never even could have imagined existed. It was a really really wonderful experience. Um, after that, uh, after they kind of closed up a little bit, they decided to go into the more electrical electrical construction side and drop everything else and work strictly for the government um, and travel a ton. So I left that company and went to another company to do uh, management services. So I, I managed a bunch of technicians through through my next company. I uh, had at one point eight eight or nine technicians uh, on the road underneath me. And that was a that was a really good feeling. Got to make some really good friends, people I still talk to today, and learn some learn some really hard lessons about management. Uh, especially management with no training, so uh, that was that was that was tough. Um, uh, the I, I ended up growing out of that company. We uh, I outgrew them, and I wanted to find a new place. I did not want to do management anymore. Uh, I really liked working with my hands at that point, and I wanted to continue doing that. So I went to Tustin. Um, I saw one of their trucks at a Wawa, our local like gas and gas and go, or one of those, one of those quick, quick stop shops where you can grab a sandwich and fill your tank. And, um, I saw this guy in line and he was so happy, like bouncing around and smile on his face. And I saw Tustin on his shirt. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a mechanical company. And I went out and he got into his truck. I didn't get a chance to talk to him in there cause he was, he was on his way out and he got in his truck and he was driving away. I pulled the, uh, I pulled the number off the side of the truck and called them, and I was employed two weeks later. Um, and as a as a technician working for them, I worked for them as a as a just a PM and service technician for about six or nine months. And they asked me if I would if I would start working as their field service supervisor. That was that was a great uh, opportunity for me because I love picking up my phone. I love helping people. I love doing the research. I love uh, being able to make lives, people's lives better. I, I learned there that I'd always been really on education, but now this was my first time like completely out of school. And I was really digging through the, the supply house uh, trainings and, and, you know, York and chill, uh, carrier stuff and train stuff, anything that anybody could offer levered. Um, and, would constantly fill my boss's inbox with, hey, we need this training. Hey, we need this training. Hey, can I go to this training? Hey, can Joe go to this training? And this would be great for everybody. Everybody should do this. I'll go and bring it back to people. And I started doing that. I went to some classes and I would I would bring the information back and, and train the technicians in the office. Um, that, that was a really, that was where I, I started to, I didn't really realize at that point that I loved education and that I wanted to do that. Um, so, uh, I was in, I was in a class, uh, soft skills class that Tustin put on and I was raising my hand to participating and my boss saw me and said, that is the guy that I want to run our apprenticeship. Then I got to work with what they had going on. They're working with another company that handled their apprenticeship, registered the technicians, gave them the education, and uh, it was not exactly everything that they needed or wanted. So I figured out what the deficiencies were and came up with a solution. I found uh, Cengage and digital media and a lot of a lot of other resources that uh, I was able to put together and present to my boss and say, hey, I can make a curriculum out of this and we can have our own apprenticeship and we can manage it ourselves. And he was very receptive to that. 
So I started working on that. It took me a bunch of months, almost a year to get it all together and approved by the Department of Labor. Got it approved by the Department of Labor uh, as a high quality apprenticeship with um, with a full uh, curriculum in-house. And then we started we started implementing. It was great. I saw that it was because it was fully digital. I was like, we could, you know, I kind of feel bad keeping this to ourselves. We could share this. The market is terrible right now and people need a training system to build their own technicians. I went to my boss and asked him if he knew anybody that we could, you know, take this to that would help us share it. And he suggested service professional group and Nicole Bass. And I met with Nicole and Steve down in, down in Virginia. And it was a wonderful meeting. Nicole took to it right away and said, this is something that we definitely need. We definitely want and, and has been running with it ever since she built uh, she built an amazing team. We built an amazing team together. It is a really wonderful position to be in. We are uh, very passionate about what we do, and I am very proud of the product that we have now through her wonderful ideas and, and wonderful sense of, of uh, organization and drive. We uh, have a program that is that is top notch and looks top notch and acts top notch and really is helping people every single day is and that is my entire that's what I wanted the entire time is to be able to help people every single day be better at what they do have a better have a better time doing what they do if you can walk into a situation educated you are you are it's always easier than walking in without that education have to struggle through so. Um, that and building building new technicians for companies. Nobody can get technicians right now, so we are forced to make them to entice anybody that is looking for a career change or a career to come into the HVAC industry and actually start working at it and getting employed and getting paid while they get employed. So that's my story. That's a great story. I mean, there's a lot there. You've been able to do so much. And I, I hope that you're very proud of what you've been able to accomplish because there's a lot there. And we are so lucky to have you on board and partnering with us. And we are really happy with the way that things are going with the SP Academy and, and with the curriculum. And It is really exciting. And I think that you're just as passionate about the trades as, as we are. And it's so exciting going into 2023 with this program and, and how many people we can get in the door working with you and working with our team. It's going to be really exciting. So first off with your story, I, I love that you had the opportunity to try absolutely everything in school and you decided that HVAC was still the most exciting route for you and the right path for you. So that's great for other people to hear um, and really good for the younger generation to hear as well, the different avenues that you can take with HVAC. Um, but first, before... Uh, we get into that a little bit more. Can you explain to our listeners that are unaware of who the Tustin Group is um, a little bit more about your company and where you're located and what your service offerings are? The Tustin Group is amazing. I'm just going to start with that. They, we, have, we have the best group of technicians and leaders that I have ever worked with or had the pleasure of, of being around. The Tustin Group is, uh, has been around for 30 years. We just had our 30-year anniversary over the summer. Uh, we start, they started in Norristown with four technicians, and oh, two working technicians and two to managing an office technician. So you know, two with the three technicians technically and two in one office person, <laughs> if you mix it up the right way. Um, they, they grew that from that small little shop to uh, now we are in, in, we have six locations in five states, I think. We are in uh, Pennsylvania. New Jersey, North Jersey, South Jersey. We have an office in North Jersey and South Jersey. In Pennsylvania, we are in Norristown, Lehigh Valley, Pittsburgh. And then we have a uh, uh, Virginia office. We're in Virginia, Maryland, and we do a ton of work in Delaware and DC. And we are looking to open another office in Richmond that is in the works. So it is, uh, it is an amazing, an amazing time. We are growing exponentially. 
they do the right things, which is the thing that you want from an employer, somebody that you're trusting with your livelihood, someone that you're trusting with your advancement and someone that you're trusting with the way that you're actually represented to. Um, because if you say you work for a X, X and Y company and someone's like, oh, X and Y company, that's terrible. You work for them, that that stinks. I tell people I work for Tustin and they're like, oh my gosh, Tustin's amazing. They do such a great job. They're so good to their customers. They have such a good presence in the, in the, in the industry. Um, that's awesome that you work for them. And it makes you feel good to say that you do. We, our managers are almost all of them have worked in the field at Tustin and have been, have been brought up through the ranks. Uh, we do have a few that we hired from other companies uh, that had been in the field previously, but almost all of our managers, service managers, general managers uh, have been technicians before. And as a technician, I would want a technician that knows what's going on to be directing me. Um, they have more empathy and they kind of understand how your day flows. And it's a, it's a really wonderful thing uh, that they understand what you're talking about it as well. Cause the, the lingo that we use is very specific and very exacting. And if you walk in and you don't know what you're talking about, no one's going to take you seriously. So it's really great that we have people that understand what we're talking about in the office and can translate that clearly to our dispatchers and to our coordinators and to the customer. That's great. And, and we'll make sure that we share your website in the podcast notes for anyone who's looking to learn a little bit more about your company and uh, link your LinkedIn profile as well for anybody who wants to, uh, to reach out. So we'll make sure that we put that in the notes. Um, so you. absolutely. Uh, so looking back on your career, starting out at the college and making your way up to the Tustin group where you're at now and, and teaching and educating, um, you've obviously been very successful in your career and had many opportunities to try out those different roles. But could you, I guess, discuss a little bit further what some of the other avenues could be for HVAC technicians to take? Absolutely. So uh, someone coming out of trade school. We'll start there. That's that's the easiest way. Uh, a technical trade school, a high school. So they they finish their high school uh, degree. Uh, they can come in to, as an apprentice with with a mechanical company. That's one of the paths. Uh, they could go to a supply house. Uh, that is another path because you have the basic knowledge to understand the systems and you can handle refrigerants and you can sell parts to people. And then you kind of get that side of it. So. We're going to focus on the apprenticeship side. So if someone comes in an apprentice, they do their apprenticeship. They, you know, I, I like to tell my apprentices that, you know, you're here to learn and you're here to do. And if you do 10% more, you're going to be you're going to be better than you could ever imagine. Because if it's, uh, if you're already doing a hundred percent, which they should be, if you're already doing a hundred percent, 110% is, is absolutely amazing. You know, taking that last call at the end of the day, you know, making sure that the technician that you're working with, you're thinking ahead and you're, you're, planning out what they're going to need next and you're making sure it's ready and that everything's cleaned up and that, that you're, that you're being uh, that, that wonderful support person. And in doing that, you actually learn the job. Um, so after technician, um, after apprenticeship, once they finish their apprenticeship uh, in PA, you actually get an associate's degree, which is amazing. And with, uh, with that, with that completion of your apprenticeship, you can go on to be a journeyman. And the journeyman in PA uh, or anywhere in the United States, once you pass your tests and your and your licensed licensed journeyman, you can actually open up your own shop, uh, which is nice. A lot of people don't want to do that because they don't want the responsibility of chasing their money and and um, you know finding their own health insurance and finding their own work and and sometimes it's easier and you end up making a lot of money as a technician anyways so as a from from technician you can go a bunch of different ways uh, if you start working and doing a lot of project work doing a lot of install you really learn how to do that you learn how to read prints you learn how to talk to the office you learn how how uh, you know learn how to talk to the office about how jobs are going and and planning and what you're going to need next week you kind of learn the other side of it and then eventually you might end up being a project manager and then from project manager you could be a general manager of projects or 
um, uh, you know, that is, uh, those are very, very big steps and, and pretty amazing. If your company is willing to pay for it, or if you're willing to pay for it, and you have the field experience, a lot of colleges will accept your on-the-job experience and your associate's degree as years toward a degree. So if you want to be an engineer, that might be a huge chunk of that time off of the engineering degree. And once you're an engineer, you could get a job at your company as, you know, an on-site engineer drafting and building things in, in, in house. Um, the other side of it is that you might end up going in the management side. Uh, so being a field service supervisor, so you do a really good job out in the field and you're the kind of guy that picks up the phone and you're the one that's always trying to help other technicians figure out difficult problems and helping, uh, uh, customers that have very, uh, specific needs, uh, being able to fill those needs and being sensitive to their, to their, uh, their weirdsies, I will say weirdsies. Um, <laughs> cause, cause it's, it's all about relationships. And if you're able to, if you're able to build those relationships with your, with your technicians and the customers, the next step after field service supervisor might be a foreman. If you're running a crew on big, on big preventative maintenance jobs or, or, or on, uh, on install jobs, or even if you are, uh, after that, um, maybe service manager, if you are, if you're willing to do that, it's a, a very high stress job, but there's a lot of reward that comes with it. You're running a bunch of guys every single day and, giving them the best work opportunities possible. And you have to know all their skills and you have to be, you have to have that interpersonal, interpersonal uh, um, empathy that allows you to connect with them in a way that they still trust you and that you go out and that they go out and do do their jobs every day to the best of their, their ability. Um, and then after that, I mean, you could go, you could go uh, as a general manager running your own shop for a company um, or you could go to be, you know, maybe another path. Maybe you're really good with numbers. So our, our CFO, our CFO was worked, uh, as a, as a technician at one point and, um, you know, sales as well. So once you're at that point, uh, even before general manager or even, or even service manager, if you wanted to go into sales, sales opportunities are crazy. And, and those guys make a lot of money and they keep the technicians working, which is really amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, definitely technician is the core and a lot of guys just want to do that. And a lot of guys are really happy building with their hands and, and doing that work every single day and, and interacting with their customers and providing service. Um, it feels really, really, really good to be able to go in and, you know, fix somebody's problem and be that hero. Um, a lot of guys really, really enjoy that. And if you're good at it and you care about what you're doing and uh, you show that you can do it every single day, you can make a ton of money doing it. They're the opportunities for advancement, even as a technician, are absolutely uh, mind boggling. Uh, you could be making over you know, well over $100,000 a year as a technician. Um, Another another way that you might go is building automation services. So uh, building automation services is uh, basically uh, if you have in a corporate or I'm sorry, in a commercial environment or an industrial environment, it's kind of like Internet of Things, IoT. You have little computer devices that go in every single HVAC unit. And those computer devices take the inputs and the outputs from that from that device, I mean, from that unit, and um, <clears throat> translate it to a central hub computer where it can be viewed remotely over the internet, it can be controlled remotely over the internet, and uh, you get alarms and all sorts of other neat stuff, and trending, so it helps people save a ton of money. And again, you're helping people, you're helping the environment, and it's really, it's really a, uh, I, I love that we're able to help people and help the environment and save energy and save money and make everybody's jobs easier. It's, it really, it really uh, uh, makes me happy. Yeah, well, th thank you so much for that, Michael. Those are so many great opportunities and a lot of which that many people probably didn't realize that you could get into with having that HVAC foundation. So I think this is really great for the younger generation to hear. Uh, these are all really exciting and lucrative opportunities. Uh, that come from the apprenticeship program and from having that 
technical HVAC background. So this is all really important stuff for everybody to hear. So thank you for that. Um, from everything that you've experienced in your career, could you explain to somebody who's maybe looking to get into the trade, um, what's the most rewarding part of the job? Absolutely. Um, well, right now, uh, across the United States, we are a couple hundred thousand jobs short. Um, everybody's looking for qualified technicians. Nobody can find qualified technicians. Uh, just having the knowledge of being specialized in a field is pretty amazing. Uh, you know things that nobody else knows. You have a language that nobody else really can understand. Uh, I have had many times with you know my friends or you know uh, someone that that I'm 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 close with, and I'll start talking about my job, and I'll be like, and there's this thing, and there's that thing, and then you know we we had we had to we had to breeze this shut, and and we had to pull a vacuum, and that didn't work. So and they're like they're like we have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> we like you see just see their eyes glaze over, and and then, and then you get to educate people, which is pretty neat. Um, you get to put it in, in, in words that they can understand. Um, the, the coolest thing is, is for me is definitely being the hero on site, being the hero on site and helping people, helping people, helping people save money, helping people run their job, run their, run their equipment efficiently. And also some situations you get into, like they cannot make their products if there's no cooling. For instance, if you're out on a, a printing press job, they have oil that they have to keep cool to keep all of their solenoids and, and bearings and, and everything else that's spinning at like 500 miles an hour to, to stay cool. They run, they run oil through it that they, they cool with refrigerant. If um if that if that refrigerant goes go you know if that if the refrigerator uh, the the chiller goes down they can't run the press if they can't run the press they're not putting out their product so they're losing money every second and there's probably like five or six guys that run that press that are just standing around and um, even though it's a little bit stressful because because you're you're uh, on the spot, um, it's uh, it's really neat that you have the skills and the ability to be able to get that piece of equipment back up and running and help them, you know, stop the hemorrhage of loss of, of money and to get those guys back working again and get them uh, what they're passionate about, get them doing what they're doing again uh, quickly and easily. So definitely helping people, definitely helping people save money, definitely being more efficient and definitely saving the environment it all of those things are are really really amazing yeah absolutely and i think it's got to be a great feeling being a technician to be able to go in and get somebody up and running especially if it's a high critical manufacturing plant or hospital or something like that it's, it's, oh. it has to be a great feeling and the surgery center oh my gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so i think i mean that that says a lot about the the role and to be able to go home at the end of the day and feel really really good about yourself for all the great things that you're able to do um, so we've been talking a lot about all the amazing aspects of the HVAC trade. Are there any cons, Michael? I'd like to say no, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there are, there are um, mostly the weather. Um, as a technician, you are out in the elements. You're When it's hot outside, you're cooking. When it's cold outside, you're freezing. When it's wet outside, you're wet. <laughs> so you're basically a human barometer. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, uh, that is that is probably that is probably the one thing that people should be aware of as you know they get into the trade. If it's if it's if it's inclement weather, you're probably going to be out in it in one way or another. The the other thing is that we're as service technicians, we are we're called when things aren't working. So you get to an office building and the air conditioning is not working. So you walk in and it's hot and you go up on the roof and it's probably hot. And then you fix the thing and you get it running and you go down and then it's cold and then you leave. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of neat that, that, uh, that you get to provide that service, but you don't get to really enjoy it until you're back in your truck. Uh, when I started, <laughs> When I started, our trucks did not have air conditioning. That was not something that you even could ask for. Um, we had no air conditioning, uh, and it was uh, it was always 
uh, inclement. It was always it was always not quite what you want all summer long, but uh, now guys get all sorts of neat things. They get they get uh, you know air conditioners in the vans, backup cameras, uh, you know tools. They get all sorts of all sorts of wonderful stuff. Uh, radios with Bluetooth. <laughs> Man, I, I remember trying to scroll through the radio stations, you know, and the half of those wouldn't come in because you're in like backwoods somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, other things that might be a little bit a little bit trickier um, when you go out on jobs, something's broken, and people don't people as people don't deal with disappointment well all the time one of my customers when i was in the in the in the field was a research and development lab they did polymers and my customer was very very exacting uh she wanted to know how long it was going to take to have the repair done she was going to she wanted to know how much it was going to cost she wanted to know exactly what parts i was going to use and exactly what plan i was going to use and she wanted it written out she wanted it all written out and given to her so that i had a, a plan to stick to and it was a really great learning experience but it was very challenging and um definitely one of the the most challenging and um uh most beneficial things that i've ever been through so and i bet that's probably pretty common with people who don't understand the industry or the trade it is a challenge to try to explain to them that you don't know how long it's going to take until you actually do your triage like you said until you troubleshoot you don't know what the root cause is yet so you have no idea how long it's going to take so that's hard <laughs> for some people who don't understand uh, to wrap their head around they want a timeline now and they want answers now. So that's that would certainly be a challenge, but once you have practice with that communication, um, I'm sure you can easily calm them down and stay in contact, constant uh, contact with them to explain the situation as you're working through it. So, I mean, yeah, the weather and, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 absolutely. It's, it's, it, it is very valuable and, and it, um, building those communication skills helps you in every facet of your life, being able to communicate clearly and communicate a plan and what you're doing and to be completely transparent really helps you in all of your relationships uh no matter what they are so it's uh it, we're you technicians are great people and everybody everybody should should know that so if there's a technician in your life and you're like hey maybe i'll maybe i'll hang around with that guy more <laughs> yeah no i mean this is all really good information and and like you said the you know, communication and some of those challenges of things being a little bit high stress and things are broken down or the weather all seem to be somewhat small prices to pay um, when there's so many other benefits. Yes. So before I change gears here, because I wanted to talk a little bit more about the SP Academy, but before I do that, I just wanted to know if you could provide um, organizations some advice on what they should be doing differently in order to promote the trades to the younger generation. Um, yes. So this is a very uh, easy thing to do. It's the extra 10% that I like to say to my technicians. It's the same thing for the customers. Uh, I mean, sorry, for the, for the employers. Uh, it's the extra 10%. The the important thing is that we are able to get people that don't have a chance or that don't understand or don't know or are being led astray to know that the trades are a viable option and a very lucrative option that keeps our society perpetually out of debt. I mean, if everybody went into the trades and didn't have to go to college and half those people that go to college, you know, end up, end up, you know, with a $200,000 degree or something like that from a, from a school and, and can't use it, they can't get hired. They don't have the experience. And then, you know, they have to work at Abercrombie and Fitch or something like that, folding clothes, <laughs> um, with their, with their business degree. Um, that doesn't happen to everybody, but it definitely happens. And, and if somebody does not have a plan, there are viable options that schools need to be pushing and to, to get the industry, to get the trades as a, as one of those options for schools 
it's very important that we go out and we talk to them. We talk to the schools. So that's the extra 10%. The extra 10% is, is being a, an ambassador for your community and for your trade. Going out and finding the high schools, talking to the guidance counselors, educating them about you know, how you pay, what the apprenticeship looks like, how lucrative they can, how, what that pay scale is, you know, how you can guarantee them employment after, after, you know, uh, after the, after the apprenticeship, how you can, how you can um, build them into a technician that's going to have not a job, but a career, because these are career pathways. These are things that actually equate to a life of prosperity. Um, and ways that you can do that uh, specifically, uh, go to your local high school, go to your local trade school and join their occupational advisory committees. Uh, occupational advisory committees only meet a couple times, only meet a couple times a, a year. And they, the, the schools, if they don't have professionals in that trade participating in the occupational advisory committees, the, the school goes away. The state stops funding it in most cases throughout the United States. They stop funding it because you don't have the support from your community, um, which is sad because we are already in a technician shortage. And that extra 10% could mean the difference between you having a huge prosperous future and, or, you know, struggling by. So, um, uh, and the other cool thing is that, that normally when you go to these committees, they have like the culinary and all that other neat stuff but the cool thing is that you like you go there and and normally they give you dinner cooked by these students that are expert chefs in the in the high school and and uh you get to socialize with other members of the hvac community and with a teacher you get to give them exact uh ideas about how you want your the, their students to come out and at what information you want them to have when they're when they're graduating what skills you want them to have um right now soft skills are huge and i have been able to go to my local high schools and be like hey you know we want these kids to be able to know that they have to show up on time we want them to know that they can't be on their phones all day we want them to know that that it's important to maintain eye contact and fill out your pro your paperwork properly we want them to know that like you get a day's pay for a day's work and there's no way around that until you get in the office and you're better than, than you, you can maximize your time. Um, and then you can do more, <laughs> um, and make more of a difference, uh, with your, with your, with your future endeavors. Um, but yeah, going to your local schools, going to your local trade schools, going to your local college, uh, trade schools, uh, and, and helping them understand that HVAC is, is a viable option and that the trades are a viable option and that everybody should be given the chance to at least see what it is. Um, in a lot of cases, they're pushed to go to college and they, they don't get the opportunity to, to actually uh, uh, understand how lucrative the trades can be. Um, being able to actually not have debt, be trained while you work, and to be around experts in the field while you're learning is priceless. No college can offer that. Um, and, and it's a, it's a very fast tracked way to becoming an expert at what you do. I would like to say that, um, on top of that, for every, if you, if you think about it in the, in the opposite direction, so these people don't get the, don't, you don't go out and you don't, you don't participate. You don't, become involved you don't know the instructor's name in the school and you don't get to meet these kids uh they don't get to go into the hvac trade or into the trades they don't go to college then say they don't go to college and they're not employable they they end up being on unemployment or on social security or disability or something else um and every person that is on unemployment is about sixteen thousand dollars not including all the extra time and people that it takes to manage their cases. It's a lot of money uh, if you multiply it out over all the people that are on unemployment. If we get those people out of the deficit and into the positive, then those people can actually give back to their communities. They can take care of their, they can own a house. They can, they can take care of a property. They can make your environment better. They can coach Little League. They'll have the free time to coach Little League. They'll have the free time to help out in their community. They'll have the free time to 
you know, maybe volunteer at a, at a, at a community center or something like that and, you know, plant flowers. It's, it really all makes a difference what we do. Uh, that 10% really goes a long way. Absolutely. Thank you for that. That's great. And uh, we can post any of those links that you're mentioning as well into the podcast oh. notes for anyone who might be interested in getting a little bit more um, involved in their community. Um, so like I said, I wanted to touch base a little bit on the SP Academy. So I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit more about your role uh, as a key contributor and as a mentor with SP Academy and maybe some of the benefits as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, benefits of the SB Academy are that it is 100% digital. Uh, that is probably the biggest one. Everybody has had trouble with uh, schools not being able to fill positions for teachers because everybody's in a work shortage right now. And then sometimes when the teachers, you do get professors in, in these classes that are um, not engaged or have bad nights or don't teach the kids everything they need to be taught or the the school has people in these classes that are not excited to be there um, and drag the entire class down. The wonderful thing about SB Academy is that it is individually based. It is individually paced. It is 100% digital. It can be done anywhere on a, a iPad or laptop computer or desktop. It is, uh, it is uh, structured in a way that really allows the technician to sink their teeth in as they are growing in the field. So if they are working with technicians, they will probably be going across, as they're going in their years, they'll be going across the same kind of material uh, that they are working on in the field. And it is a huge benefit. It reinforces the learning process and really gives them a uh, really gives them a way to to exercise their new knowledge, which is a lot of fun when you see a technician come in and they're sheepish and they are like, oh, you know, like really scared about everything. And then, you know, a year or two in, they're like gung-ho and they they know more than the, than the, uh, the, the you know, senior technicians. And they're telling them, hey, that's not exactly that. That's not exactly the temperature glide you're supposed to be using for that refrigerant. It's, it's, uh, it's, really, uh, it's really amazing to see them, to see them bloom like that. Um, other benefits are that are that uh, through SB Academy, we help companies manage their apprentices. They don't have to deal with the Department of Labor very much. They are very uh, are very good at at uh, giving support and and education and taking all the hard things out of out of su supplying your company with an apprenticeship. Through supplying your company with a with with this kind of a, with our version of, of 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 apprenticeship, you actually uh, it's kind of like you one and done. You you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to hire somebody to to manage all this. Your HR department's not going to be overrun with tasks from the Department of Labor and with managing all these apprentices. The all of their all of their progress is logged in the program and is very easy to track. And really, uh, really makes it makes it a, a joy to to see somebody grow in the field. That's that's uh, that's definitely for sure. Um, also, everyone who works for SB Academy is amazing, and who wouldn't want to be involved with them? That's that's what I would say. They're they're really great people and uh, very caring about what they do, and very excited about helping companies grow a new stronger workforce that is going to be in their vision. That's the other cool thing is if you get somebody out of trade school, they're taught the way the trade school wants them to be taught. If you get somebody that did a bunch of years at another company, they're taught the way that that other company taught them. If you train your own technicians, they have your mantra. They have your ideals. They know how you do business. They care about how you do business. And then they're invested in what you're doing because you're, you're directly investing in their future. That's probably one of the biggest things is the longevity that you'll get out of a full-time apprentice. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Um, aside from obviously your contributions when it comes to the curriculum to SB Academy and the partnership that we have, um, you're also a mentor. Can you explain what that program looks like? 
yes, the mentorship program is amazing. Uh, for a couple, uh, you know, for a little bit of money, um, we can actually help companies that don't have the internal support manage their apprentices, create goals for them as they're going through their going through their learning process, check in with them and make sure that they understand everything that they're learning. Uh, keep up with them and uh, talk about things they're learning in the field. You be that be that uh, mentor on site that or mentor through the program that they have uh, that they so very much need to uh, uh, disseminate a lot of the information that they're getting and 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 digesting it's really um it's really uh helpful for their for their learning and it's really helpful for the company because if you're already strapped and you don't have the ability to hire another person or you don't have the flexibility in your already uh, uh strained workforce to have somebody from that workforce manage an apprentice it's a, a really great opportunity for experts in the field to to uh, help mold those technicians into your into your best uh, apprentices and best journeymen. Eventually, um, it's a uh, uh, a lot of so the feedback that I've gotten from from a lot of the apprentices is that there are a lot of concepts that are foreign. They're new that maybe they didn't get a chance to uh, work out in the field. And the other thing is that, you know, we can work with your dispatch. We can work with you and be like, hey, he just learned about he just learned about uh, evacuating refrigerate, refrigerant and, you know, uh, refrigerant management and stuff like that. He's really excited to get his get his recovery machine on, uh, you know, start recovering refrigerant, start using his gauges, start start uh, you know, working on on that side of the uh, technology. And uh, help you know that it's time to start to start giving him those kinds of tasks or hit them, sorry, giving them those those kinds of tasks because uh, we need everybody to be involved in the trades. Um, yeah, so that that is a that is that is a huge benefit to to employers that would like to participate in that program um, that they don't have to uh, worry that the technician isn't on task or following what they're supposed to be following or understanding all the information or, uh, you know, getting the, getting the exposure in the field that they need to get. Great. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to any of the organizations that decide to partner with us and with anyone else on our team that's a mentor, because I think that they're going to get so much out of it and the apprentices are going to have a great working relationship with you and with our team. So really looking forward to that. Um, is there anything in 2023 that you're specifically looking forward to the most? Yes, I am really looking forward to the green to green to great program. Uh, basically, it's a PM uh, uh, boot camp where we are going to be able to take somebody that has little or no knowledge about HVAC and give them the training that they need to be able to do a successful uh, preventative maintenance. Um, hopefully, uh, without well, hopefully by the time they they graduate that class, they'll be able to go out and uh, take a preventative maintenance list uh, with their multimeter and some basic hand tools go through, uh, multimeter, basic hand tools, manometer, and uh, temperature probes, be able to basically diagnose a system um, or at least do the maintenance on it, make sure that it is, that it is working as prescribed. Uh, once it gets into diagnostics, um, they should be able to do all the diagnostics through uh, the electrical and temperature uh, readings. Uh, it, it, today, in today's day and age, it, 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 you are able to diagnose a lot of problems uh, with refrigerant systems uh, without actually tapping into them. So working on the uh, knowledge of how those systems work, what they're supposed to be doing uh, at the stages uh, that they're looking at them in, and um, what is standard for those units. Uh, this is a great opportunity to get people in the door. Um, PM people don't get paid quite as much, but it gives them an opportunity to shine 
to prove that they care about what they're doing and that they can learn and that they should be in, in, enrolled into the apprenticeship program. And maybe even at that time, if they've already given a year and they've done this training, um, uh, they can test in, they'll probably test in above year one and, uh, and then we'll be able to give them credit and, and, and put them right into year two. So that is a, that is a wonderful uh, way to get people involved not have a huge cost up front and also um and also build your workforce and test people out that is really exciting we're really looking forward to that too so that's going to be a great way to start off the new year so michael to finish things off here just finally what would be your one piece of advice for anyone who's looking to get into an hvac apprenticeship Okay. Um, the one piece of advice that I would give to anybody that is looking to get into the an HVAC apprenticeship is one, go to Workforce GPS. Definitely. Uh, two, don't be afraid to call companies. Call them. Pick up the phone and say, can I speak to the service manager? Can I speak to the general manager? Can I speak to a dispatcher? Um, anyone. Uh, and Ask for an interview, ask for a way to come in and talk to them about what they do every single day and how to become involved. Um, uh, don't get discouraged. Um, try to try to do some learning on your own first. Uh, if em employers, not if, employers definitely see that. They see your motivation and they see your, your uh, drive and they will be very, very willing to have a conversation with you and plan for the future, or maybe even hire you on in a low capacity sort of uh, role until until you can actually become enrolled in the apprenticeship and 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 uh, get that get that going. Absolutely, all great pieces of advice. And thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Michael. Everything that you are willing to talk about is going to be so helpful for so many people. So we really appreciate it. And for all of our listeners, uh, please visit our websites. I will link everything in the show notes that Michael talked about, as well as um, sp-hvac.com for any further information. And please be sure to check out our socials as well for the next episode of the Service Professional Podcast. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you.